Excited to be with you. This is week four of our series, Storms. Been very well received. I'm excited that the Lord is using this time. Um, and guys, kind of our premise is this. If, if you study the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is very clear. Uh, whether you put his words into practice or not, you're going to face storms in life. It's just a matter of whether you go through them or you grow through them. And we, we want to grow through them. That's our goal. And so uh, if you have your Bibles, I'd love for you to open them up to Matthew chapter 8. Uh, Matthew... No, that is not right. That is not where we're going to be. Uh, no, that is where we are. We're in Matthew 8. No, don't listen to me, but listen to me. Uh, Matthew 8, Matthew 8, that's where we're going to be. And I uh, want you to, to be there uh, with me this morning. And uh, so we're going to be there. Also, I would ask that you take a bulletin. Um, if you have a bulletin, uh, if you got one on the way in, you can open it up. There's, there's a place to take sermon notes uh, there in the middle. If not, we have digital sermon notes. And uh, all you have to do, again, is scan a QR code for us, and it'll take you to our digital notes. Um, they have grown again. Uh, they're really, really cool. So now in those digital notes, if you didn't have an opportunity to give earlier, it's got a giving link in there that you can click on. You can do all that stuff from there. And so uh, I'm going to pray for our time, and then we are going to jump in together. Father, um, we pray that you would be glorified uh, this morning and that your son Jesus would be lifted up. Holy Spirit, we ask that you come and take your place in our pulpit and that you'd exalt Jesus in our midst that we'd see him more clearly than ever before. And Jesus, that you would call us to yourself. We need what only you can provide. Show us that this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Guys, I'm in Matthew uh, chapter 8, starting in verse 23. We're going to read through 27. And it, it's, it's just a different take on how we began this series. Uh, it's, it's the same story. But this is from Matthew's eyes. We'll go back and forth between him and Mark uh, this morning. But this is what it says. It says, As he got in the boat, his disciples followed him. Suddenly a violent storm arose on the sea so that the boat was being swamped by the waves. But Jesus kept sleeping. So the disciples came and they woke him up saying, Lord, save us, we're going to die. In Mark's account, they actually say, Don't you care that we're going to die? Um... But they say, Matthew, he says, Lord, save us. We're going to die. And he says to them, why are you afraid, you of little faith? Then he got up and he rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. The men were amazed, and they asked, what kind of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? I've got four things to share with you this morning. I'm going to move somewhat quickly. But I want to start here. I want you to understand that conflicts between people, with nature, and within ourselves will continue until Jesus comes back. Okay? Conflicts between people, with nature, and within ourselves will continue until Jesus comes back. Have you read the Ten Commandments lately? You can find them in Exodus 20 if you want to look at them. Uh, but there's ten, all right? That's God's original rules for his kids. God uh, takes the nation of Israel out into the desert, says, hey, if I'm going to be your God and you're going to be my people, you've got to have some rules to live by. Uh, you've got to have a way for your sin to be atoned for, and I've got to have a place to dwell. Uh, they, they called it a tabernacle. And, and so Moses goes up on the mountain. He spends all this time with the Lord figuring out these three things that have to be put in place so that God can be their God and they can be his kids. And he comes down with these two stones uh, upon them and, and are written Ten Commandments. Now the first four are just about God, right? I, I, I'm, I'm the only God. You'll, you'll have no other God before me, 
Right? You won't make an idol for yourself. You can't use my name in vain. You have to remember my day and keep it holy. That's the, that's the first four. But the next six commandments are all about how we relate to other people. Did you know that? Six of the Ten Commandments are about how we relate to others. In the New Testament, uh, we, we find uh, it put this way. Um, there's an imperative uh, that, that has these two words attached to it. One another. It's a command, one another. And, and you find that phrase, one another, with the command attached 59 times in the New Testament. Love one another. Uh, pray for one another. Encourage one another. Forgive one another. Uh, bear one another's burdens. And, and, and what I'm trying to say to you uh, this morning is a huge part of following Jesus involves these commands about how we should uh, in, interrelate to one another. And the reason for that, y'all is because we are sinful, selfish people. <laughs> we really, really are. And, and maybe you don't always see that in yourself, but it is at the core of who we are. It's part of our sin nature. James puts it this way in James 4, 1 and 2. He says, what's the source of all the wars and the fights among you? Doesn't that describe our world today? Man, if you get on social media, you're going to get in a fight, right? What, what is the source of all the wars and the fights among you? Don't they come from your passions that wage war within you? And you desire and you don't have. You murder, you covet, you cannot obtain. You fight and wage war. You don't have because you don't ask. But we're not just in conflict with one another. The Bible says we're actually in conflict with the world itself. Just We're in conflict with nature. And y'all, that's been going on since Genesis chapter 3 and what we call the fall of mankind. Let's read it together. Genesis three seventeen through 19. says, He said to the man, uh, this is God speaking to Adam, because you listened to your wife and you ate from the tree about which I commanded you, do not eat from it. Get this. Uh, this is nature now. It's against us. The ground is cursed because of you. The ground is cursed because of you. You'll eat from it by means of painful labor all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you. It's cursed, the Old Testament says. In the New Testament, uh, Paul writes these words in Romans 8.22. He says, he says that all of creation, this whole earth, it's just groaning to be renewed. Right? It's groaning. So, so even, even our world is against us. He says, for we know that the whole creation has been groaning together with labor pains up until now. And guys, even Jesus spoke about nature. Right? Groaning for renewal. He said in Mark 13.8, Nation will rise up against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places, famines. These are the beginnings of birth pains. And so listen, we, until Jesus comes back, will be in conflict with one another. We will be in conflict with the world that we live in. But not just that, we'll be in conflict with ourselves. The Apostle Paul writes about this uh, in the book of Romans. And... Uh, this is what he says in Romans chapter 7, verse 15. He says, For I do not understand what I'm doing, because I don't practice what I want to do, but, what, but, but, but I do instead what I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, I agree with the law that it's good, so now I am no longer the one doing it, but it's sin living in me, for I know that nothing good lives in me that's in my flesh. For the desire to do what is good is, is with me, but there's no ability to do it. For I do not do the good that I want to do, but I practice the evil that I don't want to do. Now, if I do what I do not want, I'm no longer the one that does it, but it's the sin that lives in me. So I discover this law. When I want to do what is good, evil is present with me. 
For my inner self, I delight in God's law, but I see a different law in the parts of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and taking me prisoner to the law of sin and the parts of my body. What a wretched man I am. Some of you walked in this morning, you're feeling that. That was your week. You wanted to do good. Man, you've been here, you've been hearing about storms of life. You faced something this week and you're like, I'm going to do it this week. I'm going I'm to do it right. And you didn't. And you walk in, your head held low, going, man, what a loser I am. No, you're a sinner, is what you are. Just like Paul, and just like me, just like every other person in this room. Until Jesus comes back, we're going to be in conflict with one another. We're going to be in conflict with the world itself. And we'll even be in conflict with ourselves. But there's something you need to know. Jesus can bring calm to a storm to a tough situation, or even to his children. All right? Jesus can bring calm to a storm, to a tough situation, or to his children. And I told you we go back and forth between this account and uh, Mark and Matthew. It's the same account. So in Mark, uh, here's what we, we find. It says, he got up, that's Jesus. He rebuked the wind and he said to the sea, silence. That word in the Greek means peace. Be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Can I ask you a question this morning? How many of you could use a great calm right about now? Anybody? Anybody feel like they are chasing their tail? I, I, I got a dog that chases her tail. I mean, she's still, she's puppy, puppy. I have one dog that has like a little snippet of a tail, so there's no chasing there. She'd never catch it, right? But this one, she'll just go out and like, she almost levitates off the ground. She's going so fast sometimes. And you're like, what is wrong with you? And then some days I look in the mirror and I go, what is wrong with you? Right? Life is hard. And we don't necessarily make it any easier. And maybe you're like me and you showed up this morning and what you could really use is just a moment of calm, right? Just a moment of calm. And Jesus can do that. Now, he doesn't always calm nature. I want you to know, whatever you're facing, he may not always calm that, but he can. He can, he can calm nature. He can calm your surroundings. Do you know that God can calm your surroundings? I mean, he can. Listen to this from the Old Testament in Leviticus. He says this to his kids. He says, I'm going to give you peace in the land. You're going to lie down with nothing to frighten you. I'm going to remove dangerous animals from the land. And I'm like, yes, Lord, let that be my life this week. Amen. Let's remove some dangerous things from my path this week, please. God can do that. He can calm the storm. He can remove those things from your path or those people from your path. But sometimes he just chooses to calm you. And he can do that too, right? And the reason he can do that, y'all, is because he, this is our third point, he is our source of peace. Jesus can do that because he is the source of peace. It is who he is, and it is what he does. I'm skipping around this morning, I apologize. Now I'm in Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2, one of the best texts, whether we're alive or dead in Christ, it begins in verse 1 and says, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you previously lived according to the ways of this world, according to the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit now working in the disobedient. We too all previously lived among them in our fleshly desires, carrying out the inclinations of our flesh and thoughts. We were by nature children under wrath, as others were also. But God, who is rich in mercy... 
Because of His great love, not that anything we've done, but because of His great love that He had for us, He made us alive with Christ. Even though we were dead in our trespasses, you are saved by grace. He also raised us up with Him and He seated us with Him in the heavens in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages He might display the immeasurable riches of His grace through His kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For you are saved by grace through faith and it is not from yourselves. It is God's gift, not from works, so that no one can boast. I'm going to skip down to verse 11. Paul writes, So then, remember that at one time you were Gentiles in the flesh, you were called uncircumcised by those that call themselves the circumcised, which is done in the flesh by human hands. At that time, you were without Christ. You were excluded from citizenship in Israel. You were foreigners to the covenants of the promise. You were without hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For He is our peace. Can I say that again? Verse 14. For He is our peace, who made both groups one, and He tore down the dividing wall of hostility in the flesh. He made of no effect the law consisting of its commands and expressed in regulations, so that He might create in Himself one new man from the two, resulting in peace. He did this so that He might reconcile both to God in one body through the cross, by which He put the hostility to death. He is our peace. Right? That's what Ephesians 2 says. That's who He is. Verse 14. He is our peace. And, and not only is that who He is, that's, that's why He came. You know, I, I don't know if you realize, I, I know sometimes we kind of write down, well, Jesus came to save me. Yes, but the only way you could be saved is, is to go from being an enemy of God to being a child of God. From being at war with God to being at peace with God. And only one person could do that. It was Jesus. Yo, this was prophesied in his birth announcement. This is, this is what he came to do. From Isaiah 9, 6, For a child will be born for us, and a son will be given to us, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he'll be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father. It's that last title. Can you all say that out loud? Prince of Peace. I ask you, do you need some peace this morning? I know who you can turn to. In fact, that's our last point. You really need to get this because there's some false peace in the world. There's some false calm. All right? But here's the truth. Without Jesus, true peace is impossible. Without Jesus, true peace is impossible. Now, there is a bigger conflict going on that I didn't even mention this morning. I said we're in conflict with one another. I said that we're in conflict with nature itself. I said that we're in conflict even within ourselves, right? But I failed to mention early on that the greater conflict is the conflict between us and God. Right? Because God made us in His image. We were His kids. He gave us everything that we needed. It was beautiful. We were eternal like God was eternal. And, and He had one rule. Don't eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, or you will die. And we rebelled against God. And we did. We, we were then going to die because the wage of sin is death. Because God is holy and perfect. And so we were cast out of God's presence. And from that moment on, the plan of God, we began to understand He was going to have to do something to bring us back. That something would be someone. Someone had to come to, to bring peace between these two sides that were now at war. And that someone is uniquely one person. His name is Jesus, 
The prophet Isaiah writes about him in Isaiah 53. Verse 3, you tell me what you know about Jesus. And you may say, I don't know much, Pastor. Just tell me if these words ring a bell. He was despised and rejected by men. A man of suffering who knew what sickness was. He was like someone people turned away from. He was despised and we didn't value him. Yet he himself bore our sickness. And he carried our pains. We in turn regarded him stricken, struck down by God and afflicted. But he was pierced because of our rebellion. He was crushed because of our iniquities. Punishment for our peace was on him. And we are healed by his wounds. We all went astray like sheep. We have all turned our own way. And the Lord has punished him for the iniquity of us all. There's only one way to have peace with God. I know the world tells you there's a lot of things you can do to be saved, to have a relationship with God. Just work a little harder, cuss a little less, drink a little less. and You just make yourself a better person. Some say you just need to start speaking your own truth. But the Bible says there is only one truth. There is only one person that could do what needed to be done so you could become a child of God. And that person is Jesus. He bore the punishment that we deserved upon himself. That is why he and he alone can be our peace. All right? So what do we do uh, with all that? First, let me give you the big idea. And then I want to talk about what we do. The big idea this week is storms show us who to turn to in order to find peace. I know it's not fun to go through things in life, but one of the beautiful things about storms is we realize uh, we need help. Right? One, one of the things about storms, one of the reasons you need them, and I love you, and I wish that you didn't need them, and I wish that I didn't need them, but the truth is, when life gets good, we start thinking, I got this! I got this! And then something hits us, and we're like, I ain't got this! God, I need help! Storms remind us that there is one person we can turn to that has authority to calm the sea, to calm the situation, or just to calm the battle within our hearts. And that's Jesus. So I'm going to ask our band to come out this morning. We're going to do something a little different. I've got one more application point for you right down, and I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond. And here's that application point this morning, y'all. It's very simple. I want to challenge you, because of what you've heard this morning, to turn to Jesus, all right? And I'm going to give you some areas, so I want you to write these down when I talk about turning to Jesus. Maybe somebody this morning, you need to turn to Jesus for the very first time for salvation, right? You need to turn to Jesus for salvation. You've been trying to do it on your own, by yourself. Man, you, you feel guilty all the time. You know you ain't cutting it. And guess what? You ain't cutting it. That's true. That feeling of, I, I'm not good enough. That is true. You can't be. I can't be good enough. I need Jesus Christ so that I can have peace with God. No Jesus, no peace. Okay? So, so you've got to have Jesus Christ.